0: people welcome back to dames of doom i'm meg and i'm liz welcome 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 happy to have you we're still in spooky season because i refuse to believe that we have left it so yeah well you we have all your christmas spooky. decorations up and i still have my halloween decorations up well, so I have it my is christmas 100% and my halloween season. decorations up <laughs> I have them both up because all my Halloween decorations were just pumpkins. And Fair. then all of my Christmas decorations are just trees and houses. So it, it <laughs> looks just looks forest. Yeah. It looked great when I came yesterday for the pie party. Pie party. I 10 out of 10 would recommend having a pie party with your friends. Um, it was very impressive. Everybody brought a pie. I was so absolutely impressed that every single person who came brought a different – like a pie
1: and they were actually different
0: ones yeah yeah i was really i brought a pumpkin one i was really thinking okay somebody else is gonna bring pumpkin no but Mm -hmm. like we had lots of apple but not like no no apples were the same exactly an apple crumble yeah an Mm -hmm. apple cranberry gingerbread like a caramel apple they were all different it was really nice and i am gonna be living that sugar high for the next week yeah. as i try and finish this giant cobbler that i made the only qualm i have about last night was that mm. i did not fully prepare for it and i literally at one point felt so full i was like gonna get sick last night i was like oh no i was like i just got way too excited about pie i got lost yeah. in the sauce man it's it's easy to do plus i had that delicious trader joe's charcuterie board out you did Shout great out to trader Joe's. That. thank you mm-hmm. it's my my true dream in life to just be a hostess <laughs> and i'm literally you're a lot dream. better at it than i am yeah, i literally threw. well you made this like really cute charcuterie board and you like curated all these items meanwhile i just got one from publix and put it out curated on platter, from trader so. joe's i got a, a a little box of curated things from trader joe's and i put them in little bowls but it was all i don't time. even have little bowls so that tells you where i am at it that's made me, good honestly holding friendsgiving made me realize like i need to get more serving stuff i know that's yeah i realized i had no pie cutter thing no pie triangle cutter whatever it's eh, called a knife is fine. <laughs> did i have enough knives not really did i have enough plates not really but we made do and it was really fun so hmm have a pie mm-hmm. party friends gorge yourself yeah. on sweet treats and but maybe don't gorge yourself on pie and then listen to this episode because i don't know are we gonna get a little gruesome today meg yes um but of course i'm not i'm not into retelling the really gruesome details i don't think hmm. that's really necessary most of the time i also don't like super detailed gruesome well, we things are diet horror after all Right. I just don't think that's necessary. I mean, there's a lot of other podcasts where you can go listen to that, but that's Absolutely. not this podcast. So yeah. we are not going to be going into full detail. But yeah, you know, if you have a little bit of a sensitive stomach, you might not. <laughs> you might want to skip over a few parts. Um, but yeah, just a PSA to everyone. We will be off next week. Next week is Thanksgiving. Um, happy Turkey Day, friends. Happy Turkey Day. Liz and I are both going to take some well-deserved time off to relax mm-hmm. recoup mm-hmm. eat pie more stuff pie ourselves and stuff ourselves so um i hope you all have a wonderful thanksgiving um we'll see, you, the we will see you in the weeks yeah but uh without further ado i guess we'll let's just get jump into, into it. it
1: let's do it where uh, are we today
0: we are in the great state of delaware delaware to my Delaware friend, Grace, A, thanks for letting Meg be my plus one to your wedding. Happy, shout out. That was fun. Happy wedding. Um, and B, shout out to Grace and her mom not knowing a cult or cryptid from Delaware. So shout out. Thanks for not being any help, but also but shout out to living there. You know what? It wasn't like Grace knew of one and didn't tell me because they're literally <laughs> – I could not find one. Well, I was um, also thinking, I was like, do I know of a single cult or cryptid in North Carolina? no i do so oh 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 you're good so we're good but delaware was tricky mm-hmm. um so i'm just gonna be I upfront agree. and honest that the connection <laughs> to the state of the week is quite thin Um, only comes at the very very end so just hang uh-huh. in there i'm okay. it's giving alabama flashbacks I feel like this one has a little more of a connection than okay. Alabama. You tell me. But it me. also the comes end, you the You tell end. me. Okay. okay. I'm excited. All right. So <laughs> the cult of the week Ooh. is extremely infamous and has probably been covered by every media source or podcast to do with cults. And that is the People's Temple, General. aka the cult behind the Jonestown Massacre. Oh. Yes. big hitter day, womp, yes. womp, womp, womp. which we will get into the details of. But just to kind of preface it, the Jonestown massacre was prior to 9 11 the single largest loss of U.S. civilian lives in a non natural disaster. Mm. That's how many Dang. people died. That's that's insane. That is un- not <sighs> valuable from a cult. Like it's just so sad. I unnecessary me
1: upsetting, yes.
0: But yeah, it that just really puts it into perspective that you know, from this takes place in like the seventies. From mm-hmm. the seventies until nine eleven. This right. was the thirty years they had lock on. Yeah. Biggest casualty. Wow. Yeah. So you might be thinking, Hey, like, didn't that happen outside of the US? Like Hey, didn't yeah, that yeah, it um, it did. <laughs> it did. Spoiler alert: um, It was not technically located in a state. Mm. Um, but again, I had a very hard time finding one um mm. at all, let alone one with a connection. So we we took what we got. Okay? Y- exactly. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, we made the rules here, and so I'm giving myself a break. <laughs> <laughs> this is our show. If you don't like it, sit down and shut up exactly you but also if you're saying episode. stuff we can't hear you yeah that's why i love podcasts i can just yeah, talk you can to you can say whatever you want you can just listen <laughs> you have to listen to it yeah so who's leading this shit right we want to know who's the cult leader jones jonesy jim jones yep he's the cult leader of the week a little bit about him though he was born on may 13th 1931 in indiana Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. Was he from Gary? No idea. That's the only thing I, I know about really, Indiana. I don't. I didn't really. Oh, here's another thing. Um, also, I literally was researching this up until the moment we started recording. So <laughs> there's it's gaps. Fresh. Yep, <laughs> there's gaps. But just, uh, but I did my it's best. The week before Thanksgiving, you know, we're we're pie-brained out. Well, also, Jonestown is such. Well, the People's Temple, Slash Jones, it's, it's so big. It, mm-hmm. There's so much that I – if I did the whole thing, it would take me a two-and-a-half-hour episode. Yeah. So I'm focusing on uh, a majority, like the biggest mm-hmm. things, okay? Yeah. So um, A summary.
1: You know, if you want a maybe. deeper
0: dive, there's plenty of deep dives out there that you can go hunt down. But Right. We're keeping or it light, we're keeping we it make, you know, One day start a Patreon and do like extra Ooh. bonus content. Here's you know. a four hour episode on Jonestown. Pay us five dollars and it's yours. Some people would, I bet yeah, you.
1: Would.
0: True. So anyways, so not much known about his like very early life, but in the nineteen fifties he started working as a self ordained Christian minister mm. in small churches in Indiana. But his goal was always to have like his own church, right? He wanted to be in the lead seat. In the As one does. Seat, right? Of course. White <laughs> man in a driver's seat. They love that shit. <laughs> How? No. Um, yeah. So he started doing a lot of weird jobs to start making some money mm-hmm. um, for his church. You feel that? Uh, but one of his jobs that he did was selling live monkeys door to door. I'm sorry. Where does he get the monkeys? Uh, That's literally what I said. I said, um, first of all, was this like normal? Like, if somebody just came up to your door and was like, I have monkeys, want one? Were they from a catalog, like a Sears catalog, Uh, and you order a monkey and it comes to your door like six weeks later? Or did he have a monkey on his backpack? Where do they get them from? How are they getting them? how much do they cost? Why do people want monkeys? Why do they want them? Was this normal? Was this not normal? I don't know. It was the 50s. I don't know. I thought selling my plasma was weird. Little did I know. Mm -mm. I could have been selling monkeys. Mm -hmm. But also I feel really bad. I mean, for these monkeys, but also just animals in general before like animal welfare and stuff was like a thing really Correct. you know what yep. i mean like i like i know there's always been people who like love animals and like are for the welfare of animals but i don't feel like in the 70s it was the same as what it is now. no it's probably like, like kind of just starting ever pass at all now no you Plus, know enough people have seen nope that nobody wants a chimpanzee nobody wants a monkey <laughs> as a pet because it'll murder you in your sleep i've never seen off. that movie and i don't want to because i love chimps so I would never buy one from a man at my door, but no, I do love them. No, but I feel like that's like still happening, right? I mean, Tiger King is, you know, recent. (laughs) But if he came to my door with a monkey, I would honestly like buy it just so I could bring it to a rescue. So, did they have monkey rescues in the seventies? I don't know. Bring it to the zoo. Knock, knock, knock. Hello, zookeeper. I brought you a monkey. Don't ask questions. Wait, that was like that chimpanzee we saw at the zoo. (sighs) That was really sad. What was his name? I don't remember. Wasn't it like Ezra or something? Mm, I don't don't know, but he was really sweet. He was like an older guy and he was just sitting by himself away from the entire group. And we got there really early in the morning and he was like right up by the window. He was like very interested in us. And the zookeeper was like, yeah, he used to, like, be in the entertainment business and, like, basically only grew up around humans, only ever interacted with humans. Mm-hmm. So, like, when he got, like, too, too old or too big. And he was too – they couldn't handle him. No. I was just like, that is and literally the saddest thing And Now he doesn't know how to interact with other chimps. Like, I'm, I love you, Ezra. Whatever your name is. See, I don't think it was Ezra. See, this is but- why – I just have a bleeding heart for animals. Yeah, this is why Meg cries at commercials on the red. Oh my god, yes, I do too. My entire TikTok for you page is animals, so I'm constantly crying. Mm. Um, back to Jonestown. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Um, that was a sidebar. Uh, so I guess his businesses, and particularly. His monkey business. Um, (laughs) Monkey business. That's bananas. Was successful because um, he opened up his own church. He called the People's Temple. Well, I mean, real estate in the the 70s, it probably cost him $5 to buy a church. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Honestly. And it was in Indianapolis, which I have no idea what Indianapolis was like, but maybe Maybe they were into... Weird religions. I don't know. <laughs> so a little bit about like the beliefs of this church. A little bit about like the early days. Um, so Jones was pretty enamored with communism, um mm-hmm. and he was actually like really frustrated with the harassments that communists like had mm-hmm. or were receiving. I guess because of the Red Scare. The Red Scare. Okay, I was wondering Yeah, if that was the right time. So he was like kind of pissed about that. So he said. Uh-uh, not my communists. Right. So some of the sources that I saw, like, basically allude to the fact that maybe the entire reason that he created this, quote, church was to progress his political ideals, right? Hmm. So a place for him to freely believe and think and have other people agree with him and all this, but like masked as a religion. And honestly, like, after hearing that and reading this That's entire kind of cool. story, like it kind of makes sense, but I also think that it goes off the rails at the very end. So. I mean, obviously, yes. Yeah. But but, interesting. Um, other, That's a curious yeah. idea. Yeah. I never knew that about him. I mean, I, most I churches, not all, but a lot of churches do share their political ideologies pretty heavily. Right. Like, wink, I wink, feel nudge, like- nudge. So if your yeah. church is just share- spreading communist ideals… You're really not that different from a lot of churches in making an organization yeah. to promote your political beliefs. Yeah, I do feel like there are certain religions or certain churches where, like, probably part of the reason why you go to that church is because you identify with those people, right? Mm. And those people probably have similar political beliefs to you, and that's mm-hmm. why you get along with them. Mm-hmm. That's just, I mean, it's part of the reason why Birds we get a along. a feather. I would probably go to a church that you would go to. Because I'd be like, mm, Liz goes. ghosts. Liz ghost. It's gotta be fun. We're both Democrats. Whoop. Sure. <laughs> sure. That's all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> but actually it's not I'm like soup dis- I'm super skeptical of churches now. Like I mm, I don't know. I haven't I, just have. I haven't had enough therapy yet, I don't think, to go back to church. I don't a church think my entire while. lifetime of therapy could cure That's me. That's a personal I just have very staunch feelings about that no offense to you yeah. if you like fully believe in a church and you really enjoy that like you do you I'm absolutely just saying, for me it's hard it is, it's a yeah. hard place it's but anyways so some of the things that they believed in were social equality and racial just, justice which Ooh. was part of the reason why he was really able to kind of attract some younger people um because especially during that time these people were like i can make something with my life and i can do something meaningful with my life and you know he they believe believe in rape justice and yeah. yeah hell yeah so go off jim i mean Jones. i agree with those tenants mm-hmm. but so he started i don't believe it. he started kind of strong maybe maybe well and, you know, they say they were tenets of their beliefs, but then a lot of things make me question if that mm. was just like, hey, this is a tenet of our belief, but that's actually not put into practice. You know what I mean? Oh, we're trying to get people in the door. I don't know. All right. mm. There's a lot of contradicting things here. Okay, so part of the reason why Jones named his church the People's Temple was Mm. because he wanted to associate it with full gospel Pentecostalism, which again don't a lot of Pentecostalism, but is um, Pentecostal Pentecostal where they like um, do like the snake stuff? Yes, or and Um, like they have a lot of other things, but. Yeah, the speaking in tongues and the like miracles and the, like the people shaking, shaking. you know, as far Feeling. as that's what I understand. But I also have never been to a Pentecostalist church. I've never done full research into it. So I can't say for sure. But mm. Those are some of the um stereotypes that I have seen about Pentecostals. Yeah. So, so maybe it's no just the idea. most extreme ones that are like that. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. And I don't know what full gospel Pentecostalism is because, again, I was researching this up until about five minutes ago. I'm hoping it ago. just means that they have like a full band. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing in my mind. Like it's a full it gospel choir, gospel a full band. Baby. It is basically Whoopi Goldberg, my queen, singing. Yeah. That's singing. what I'm picturing. Wow. That would draw me in. I would go. So 100%. Just a for the music. Mm-hmm. um they also stressed egalitarian ideals so okay. they asked members to wear like more casual clothing so that members who were maybe uh poorer or didn't feel you know, could not afford nicer clothes or did not feel so out of place um mm-hmm. there was a couple of like contradicting things like at one point it said that he preached that members should abstain from sex and only adopt children but then later on i saw that um, he controlled their sex lives and who they could marry and coerced people to get abortions he also required sexual favors from wives of some members and raped several male members of the congregation
1: oh jim wow yeah
0: just go from Just selling a, monkeys to another a horrible sexual eater. predator. Yep. Oh God! So again, that kind of like interesting thing where there's like a standard set for the members, but not necessarily Mm-mm. for the leader, right? Yep. So he started to be a little bit more controlling, and he would do things like tell the members, "Hey, you can't spend Thanksgiving or Christmas with your family. You have to spend it with your temple family. You know, mm. the church members." Um, And he also urged uh, religious giving only. Yes, but only church friends. No one else. (laughs) Um, He also preached a religious communalism where they would basically donate their material possessions to the temple in exchange for the temple meeting all their needs. We've seen that before, too. Okay. So, you know, giving up all of your worldly possessions. Did they get to flush their toilets? You know. I didn't see anything about toilets, so maybe. So I'm going to assume yes, and therefore we'll assume it sounds yes. good to me. Yep, yep. Um, I basically give up all my worldly possessions to pay rent every month. So. <laughs> What's the difference? All the worldly possessions I can dream oh, of man. are going towards my mortgage, so that's fine. <laughs> What's the difference right now? All of my money goes towards food and housing. <laughs> god that i can't think about that too long we're in a cult yeah the cult of america the cult of life the cult of capitalism baby the cult of the irs (laughs) the cult of help please yeah (laughs) if you're listening to this and you're part of the cult of the irs rise up (laughs) we will overcome this Right, or if if you're Jeff Bezos and you're listening to this, a, you're the worst. But b, you want to sponsor us? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you want to. At least we can mooch off that man. You know, mm. that's the best way to get back at him. You know, Bill Gates, you listening? Taylor Swift is now a billionaire. Tay Tay, a, give us some money, baby. <laughs> okay, I back mean I'm track. open for whatever. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So uh, he also controlled them by, if they were ever to rebel against his control or do something that he didn't agree with, he would reduce their food rations oh, and no. give them harsher work schedules, publicly ridicule them and humiliate them, and sometimes even physically assault them. Like so, last week. He taught that the ultimate reality was called Ooh. the divine principle and divine principle sounds like a tech startup or something yeah it does it's like a holistic tech startup and this principle was the true god he equated the principle with love um and equated love with socialism so there's a lot of equating so he's a communist and a socialist he is i guess i didn't know those go hand in hand me neither a little bit i mean isn't like communism like all the way here, and then like socialism's kind of in the middle, and then like, I think socialism is like way back off and of then comp- fascism or something? Yeah, I think it's something like that. Awesome. Gonna, to- anybody total who's
1: taken totalit- civics. Totalitarianism,
0: up, totalitarianism somewhere down there? I don't something know. Something like that. All right, But whatever. Well, He's equating a lot of things, okay? But hmm. basically we get divine principle, true God, love. Love is socialism. Peace <laughs> be with you. He was a he said he was a savior sent by God wow. uh, to rescue humanity from their sufferings. Wow. Was he mm-hmm. Jesus? Well, I'm not, I'm not saying he wasn't. Oh. But he thought he was a savior. He is a savior. Okay, but can the people yeah. drink or not? You know, I didn't is- see anything about alcohol, so I don't no, know. No, 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 no. Sorry. Our um, podcast drinking game where you have to drink every time the cult leaders oh. say that they are or are directly related to Jesus. Hmm. I feel like this is pretty close. I okay, mean... So maybe have half a shot. Yeah. have half he, a sip. Have a small sip. A baby sip. He also insisted that accepting the divine principle was basically equivalent to being crucified with Christ. So... Like taking what? one for the team. I, I don't Jesus know. Is it's like what I actual was crucified were very very strange. And you're saying like yes is the same as me being crucified? Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's it's crazy because this was like the first time I ever actually read about the beliefs behind mm. this cult rather than just the horrible ending, right? Right. But some of these beliefs just don't make cray, a lot of cray. sense to me. Okay. Um. He did not like American capitalist, capitalist culture um, and. Huh? Same. Oh, yeah. Me Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when he was explaining the nature of sin, Jones stated, if you're born in capitalist America, racist America, fascist America, then you're born in sin. But if you're born in socialism, you're not born in sin. So he taught his followers the only way to escape the supposed imminent catastrophe was to accept what he was teaching. And then after the apocalypse was over, they would emerge and Scandinavia become a is like, perfect yeah, communist society. Uh, Scandinavia will survive the apocalypse. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just, it's a lot, a lot. It is in. a lot. So a lot of this and is I'm political. And I'm not going to say that I'm like, <laughs> Mm? the 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 og britney broski maybe mm, maybe no maybe no (laughs) maybe no (laughs) i just mm, i don't know this that like a little spiel right there really made me think about the whole thing where like his entire reason to create this cult was to spread his communist beliefs and people who like believed in him and I think he was just on a power trip, you know, just Absolutely. like a real cult leader. Absolutely. you got to be kind of crazy to want to be the leader of something like that. He had a very, like, particular political motive behind it. And I don't know if we've seen that with any of our other cults. Like, very clear talking about certain political beliefs. Yeah, no, I agree. Other than, what was it? Love is one. And, like, they're, like, oh, Q-anon. the and I guess you could kind of say that. But, like, this is, like, w- flat out. I want to build a communist society. Right. Right. So Um so that's a little bit about their beliefs. Um so although they started in Indiana, they eventually moved to northern California. And then in the later 1970s, he really relocated them um to San Francisco and then also opened a church in LA. Which I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. I was thinking when I wrote this that we've had several other cults that have locations in California or around, excuse me, LA. Um, Do you feel like there's like a meaning behind that or a reason why we're Hmm. seeing like LA and California pop up a lot in these cults? Maybe just like stereotypically California, at least in like the 70s, 80s was like, free thinkers, a big mm-hmm. population, a large concentration of mm-hmm. money, and people from all over the country were like flocking to California. Yeah. I guess people kind of are still, but now I feel like it's different now than 70s, 80s, 90s California. Yeah. 60s, 70s, whatever. I also wonder if any of these cult leaders just had it in, like, in their mind, just a little inkling that maybe if they're located in LA, that they will attract Mm. a celebrity Mm -hmm. and that celebrity will you know become a part of their call and grow the call and you know i feel like that's got to be maybe part of the reason yeah i would agree so that would make sense i don't uh, you know in the ones having a celebrity do free pr for you right be pretty great I mean, in the ones that we've covered so far, we aren't even close to New York or anything. But like, I haven't seen like New York City pop up a whole bunch. Uh, but California has popped up quite a lot. A bit. lot. That's true. You're right. So, um, so yeah, just an interesting tidbit. Um, and while in San Francisco, Jim Jones really kind of became more famous and more of a public figure, and that was mostly because he was donating money to a lot of charities and mm. he ran. Uh, several different social and medical programs for people in need, hmm. such as a free dining hall, um, a drug rehabilitation, legal aid services, which, I mean, if you think about like, that is amazing. Like, yeah. that was You're like, nice. I don't want to like this, but that's a but good also, thing. But also, what are your motives? You know what I mean? Like, right. You're probably getting money from other places, grants, and I don't even know what else to yeah. fund these things because yeah. he's saying he's a religion, he's a church, he's got that, tax but he's really doing it status. all to get money to build a communist. I don't know Somehow. world. I guess yikes. So the motives behind it, not. Good. Well, and I'm sure if you have a drug rehabilitation facility and a soup kitchen, you have a lot of interaction with some particularly vulnerable members of society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it'd be a great way to network with people who might not have a good support system to keep them from being sucked into your cold. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's just something like I have – I've actually seen – well heard of like uh, I used to live in an apartment complex growing up and one of our neighbors that would help like watch me and my brother when we were younger I only learned this like way after the fact but I learned that she was actually in a cult in college wow and that was like one of the things that she like told my mom was that like at that time she was super super vulnerable she was like not Close to her family at all, still not close to her family. Mm -hmm. So she didn't have a lot of friends. She didn't have a lot of family. She was looking for a connection. Yeah. And that's how she ended up being in this cult. So, I mean, I think that that is one of the main ways that these cult leaders and groups attract people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, 100%. So, you know, with that. Popularity that they gained, you know, they were obviously like in the spotlight for all of these like good things they were doing. Right? Mm-hmm. They really grew a lot. So by 1977, there was an estimate that states they had a population in their church of about 20,000 people. <gasps> no way! Yeah. Wow. That's huge. Right. Wow. So I was like, I think that might be the biggest one we've had so far. Absolutely. Yeah. Unless you're kind like FLDS. I don't know how many they have. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, I don't know how many are in FLDS, but I know it's a lot. Because, I mean, they all have a million wives and a million kids. Right. But in multiple states. 20,000. 20,000. That's significant. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That was an estimate, but still like, you know. Um, So, of course, as they grew and had more people joining and more also, in the spotlight, there were some bad things that came out, too. You know, people were reporting that they had to, like, give up all their belongings, their homes, even the custody of their children so that they could be in the oh, cult. No. Um There was many reports of people being beat, um, you oh, know, geez. physically abused. Um, as we kind of heard before, you know, if you didn't follow his rules or, you know, do something he liked. You could um, be the subject of, like, uh, physical abuse. Um, He also, one way that he would try to entice people into joining the group or, like, kind of come off as this, like, super spiritual figure is that he would perform staged fake cancer healings. And one of the things that I saw is how he did this was he would take literal, like, chicken guts, like, gizzards. (gasps) And stuff and say this is like cancerous <gasps> material that I pulled out of this person and they got cured. Yeah. What a what a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. was it was the person with cancer, was that like an actor? Or was did it actually know. have like a cancer victim or cancer that I don't person, know? Person patient person. <sighs> hmm, I don't know. It's freaky though. Yeah, that's really gross and messed up. And just like so extra. I'm like Yeah. Be like, here's your tumor. But yeah, that's the level he was willing to go to, you know? Lovely. Um he did start getting like really paranoid when all of this like bad stuff started coming out though. Mm-hmm. Um and so he actually decided that it was time to move, get out of California. Mm-hmm. They were going to move to Guyana, which is where they were going to build their socialist utopia in the jungle. And Guyana is in South America, for those of you who do not know. And so basically how this started was he sent a few of his followers down there to kind of get settled and get. Everything ready, you know, because he didn't want to be there to start Mm-mm. it. He just wanted to be there once it was done. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so they started working on it. Um, and then in 1977, he moved down there himself with about a thousand temple members. So I don't wow. know what happened to the other 19,000. Right. I guess they stayed in California. Maybe the 19,000 were down there building. I don't know. I don't <laughs> think not. so. It's at a small group of followers. I think a round. lot of people are willing to go to church on Sundays. Not as many people are willing to go move to South America yeah. to live in your commune. I agree. I agree. But it is crazy. It's a that, harder so. Like, I mean, it's It's crazy that he got a 1,000 people. Yeah, plus truly. To go down there with him. And, you know, he was probably – for those 19,000 people that didn't come, he was probably like, yeah, screw them. They suck.
1: They're they don't all even want They're not going to
0: survive the apocalypse yep shame on them Mm -hmm. so this compound that they created in guyana is what they called jonestown so that's where the jonestown massacre Mm. comes from so uh like i said guyana is a country in south america and it's actually the only nation in south america with english as its official language and that's because it was colonized by great britain Wow, I didn't know but that. But that was something I didn't know. No, me neither. About Guyana, so it kind of makes sense as to maybe why they moved right. down there. Right, it's not um, as hard to buy groceries. Yeah, but the you know the shades were lifted, the veil uncovered <laughs> pretty quickly, because uh-huh. um, Guyana was not the utopia that they thought it was going to be. It what? was. Really long days in the fields. I mean, they were literally building this from scratch. I know oh, the people man. went there first to start with, but I mean, a majority of that was for probably like done after those two thousand people, fifteen hundred people, 1, people right. however many people they were. Housing, yeah, you know, a they lot of literally were in the you middle. Build a lot of toilets for that, and they were literally in the middle of like the Amazonian jungle. Oof. So, no, thank you, from scratch. Um, and again, there is reports that you know. After your long days in the fields, if you were questioned by Jones, you know, for your, you know, going against his beliefs or anything like that, you could be subjected to harsh punishments. Um, Hmm. Of which, one of those ways that he controlled people was by literally taking their passports and their (gasps) medications (gasps) and holding on to them. Like. The passports, I see why he did that. I mean, that is a master manipulation yeah. tactic where, like, literally you can't leave. Right. But the medications one is, like, a whole nother level of fucked up. Correct. Like, you it's have like, a medication. Oh, you having a hard time functioning now? Just wait. Right. Also, you're in Guyana. I don't know how you're getting your medications anyways, mm. but now the ones that you do have are taken away. So physically, you cannot, you know, be... Right. At your full capacity. Right. I'm just like... And he expected people not to get pissed off about this?
1: Oh, my God.
0: I mean, I guess he was like, oh, well, I can cure you. So it doesn't matter. This is your but, your ticket into heaven, your ticket to surviving the apocalypse. Of course, you're going to suffer on the way. Yeah. So that was another le- level of fucked up. So you can kind of see how this like paranoia and... His whole control, I think, is like kind of amping, ramping up, right? Mm-hmm. He even had armed guards patrolling the compound. Um, and he actually kind of created this lifestyle where, you know, members were kind of told like, hey, if you hear something, you got to inform on these other people. You know, you got to be true to the church. He said and snitches get rewarded. Exactly. But then you're also hated by the other people in the group. So. You know, right? He's creating like the Gestapo. Is that the right? Yeah, I mean, it's basically like, a prison. You don't have your passport. You don't have your medications. You are and your friends, Your you neighbors know. are turning on you. Yeah. Yikes. So that's really fucking horrible. Not a utopia. Uh, yeah, not not the utopia I think of when I mm-hmm. hear the word utopia, but uh I think he really his health started declining. He also was addicted to drugs, so that didn't help the paranoia. Well, now and we like, know why he was like, I'm taking your medication to teach you a lesson slash I want to get high. Right. So he was having a bit of a crisis, and I think he started really acting out because not only did he compare himself to Vladimir Lenin, but also Jesus Christ, Um, which two yeah. very interesting people to compare yourself to. Yeah. It's very – um. Interesting, of correct, yes. The spectrum. I mean, he said, hmm, who who shall I pick today? Jesus and Lenin. I mean, I get the <laughs> Lenin thing, because obviously his political beliefs. Yeah. But I may, maybe it was like Jesus Christ, too, because he was like, oh, wait, I have to be religious. Right. So. Oh, right, right, right. This is a church. Got it. Yeah, Jesus, that guy, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, him. <laughs> um... He convinced the group, uh, with his paranoia and other things, that the government, media, and just everyone outside of their little group were out to get him. Hmm. So, excellent. Know, everyone was That's on healthy. high alert. Yeah. Uh, so much so that he mandated that members participate in mock suicide drills in the middle of the night,
1: hmm. which
0: I don't really That's know really what fun. a suicide drill is. But no. it sounds bad. No. I'm guessing it. they're all just prepping for Jonestown Massacre. Yeah. Yes. So I, I don't know exactly. I've never he heard had that term a used the before. Whole time. No, me neither. He definitely had a plan, 100%. I think the paranoia and everything, like, it just really, like, sped everything up. Mm. Um, But it really came to a head in 1978. So around that time... A lot of family members in California were hearing from their family that were inside the cult and they were telling them, you know, I'm being held against my will. I'm not How happy How do they get here. letters you know, out? How did they contact their family? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I mean, you know, I know they were in the middle of the jungle, but I don't know if they ever like went into town and maybe had access to like a payphone. You know, I, mm-hmm. I have no idea. But the somehow they were able to get to their family. Um... And so they started speaking out about this, so much so, and and like so many of them, I mean, there's a thousand of them from, you know, the California and Mm -hmm. other areas Mm -hmm. that I guess family members in California started speaking up a lot. And it actually got the attention of Leo Ryan, who was a U.S. representative from California. Damn. So he actually went to Guyana in November of 1978 with photographers and reporters. And he was like, we're gonna figure this shit bitches. exactly. Which honestly, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that a representative he said, I'm for the something. people, yeah, yeah. So, thank you for trying to watch out for your people. Mm. Um, however, we'll see, it did not end up, oh, so sir. That. Um, so when Leo Ryan and this whole group of media show up, initially they're welcome. Do they have a nice dinner, entertainment, which, Ooh. I mean, are we thinking like karaoke, <laughs> a DJ? It's the full gospel. You know, a piñata. Hey-oh, don't threaten me with a entertainment. good time. Yeah. Um, but at some point, members of the cult got to talk to – people in leo ryan's little group and we're like yo like this shit, <laughs> this shit ain't it this shit right right so the next day leo ryan all the reporters photographers and these people that said hey i want to get out mm-hmm. started going to the airstrip where the plane landed um, so that they could leave. Mm-hmm. And I think initially from what I remember just hearing in the past that initially like Jim Jones was like, okay, fine. Like you decided to leave, right. like didn't really put up a stink about it. Like they were like, okay, we're leaving. Right. Um, and I don't remember exactly how many people like attempted to leave during this, but it was a few. However, they get to the airstrip and they a like truck pulls up with like a tractor or something, I don't remember exactly, and armed gunmen oh. come out of oh. this truck and they are completely ambushed. Oh. And um Leo Ryan is actually killed. <gasps> um, right there on the airstrip. Um, a reporter, uh, a cameraman and oh, no. uh, oh sorry. A reporter and cameraman, so one person. Sorry, uh, a photographer from the San Francisco Examiner and a female People's Temple member who was trying to leave all sadly passed in oh, this ambush. Um, I mean, did everyone else uh, yeah. like, make it into the plane or something? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know that. I have a feeling probably not they were literally on the airstrip when all of this happened right but Um, if those were the only people that died maybe like they must have got i don't know but i could also see these armed gunmen you know coming up to them and stopping them from getting on you know holding Mm. a gun to them and being like you better get off Mm -hmm. i don't know exactly that is a good question that i did not see anything about like what exactly happened to the rest of the people that did survive Mm -hmm. that ambush Mm -hmm. i don't know um but I mean, I guess I wanna know like the the paranoia is obviously extremely real and like he's not James Jones is not thinking rationally. Right. But I'm just Clearly. like what was he thinking when he set this up? Like you literally murdered a US congressperson. Right. Several members thinking. of the media. He was paranoid, he was on drugs, he was losing his mind, everything was falling apart, no one was happy, yeah. everyone was miserable. Yeah. I mean and unfortunately, I guess it wasn't doesn't really matter. matter. And he needed to be famous. <sighs> yeah, it didn't really matter, unfortunately, what his plans or what he was thinking because he already had a plan in place and it was horrible. Um, so he started telling his followers after that happened that the soldiers were going to come and torture them. And he oh. said, we have to commit a quote revolutionary act and by this he meant a mass suicide so something that they had been Super doing the trials for i i assume I, again i don't know the i wonder details if anybody thought that this was another like drill maybe i didn't realize it was actually real until it was maybe like happening. i didn't even think about that it's scary yeah um so he had this like systematically set up like this was definitely pre-planned yeah um, but again, I don't know exactly when those when they were doing those suicide drills. What exactly was done right so right, no idea if they actually expected this to really happen or not, or right. if they thought this was just another drill but um he kind- ca- he systematically kind of set this up and he basically started with the children, the youngest oh. um they were the first to die um and It's really fucking horrible the way that they passed. But basically, their parents and nurses literally took a syringe with cyanide, a sedative, and powdered fruit juice and, like, put it down their throats.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And they're literally doing this to their own children. Yeah. Oh, that's horrifying. This man is fucking sick and twisted sick and twisted but i i, I just the thought of doing that to your own child no and a syringe too you can even get them like a cup Be like here drink this just, you shoot it down their throat of course it's gonna make them even more stressed out oh no yeah i can't even fathom the um, that going down it's just freaking sad um but after that Everyone was told to kind of come to the main pavilion and they started lining up and they were given a drink that uh, had poison in it and armed guards were literally surrounding the pavilion. So like, it wasn't like- You didn't really have a choice. They had a lot of choice. Right. Um, like, and- At what point this does this not become a suicide anymore if you're being forced to drink it? Exactly. Like, right. Hmm. Yeah. That's fair. Um, Even though you physically are, you know, right, you are going to get shot doing the act yourself. But you basically have a gun to your head, right? Yeah. Um, and this like whole setup of how the poison was like put into a drink and they drank it is like the origin Mm -hmm. that you may have heard of the phrase "drinking the Kool Aid." Like, Mm -hmm. don't drink the Kool Aid. Um. Which is actually like a really horrible statement. I know. I remember the first time I heard that, and I was like, "Oh no!" I had no idea where it came from. (laughs) Oh no! Yeah, I never knew. Yikes! Yeah. Uh. So he definitely had this planned like way in advance, as we saw. But like one of the things that I didn't even think about, but I saw, was that at one point he had actually obtained his jeweler's license. And that's how he was able to kind of stockpile cyanide. What? They use cyanide yeah. to make jewelry? I don't know. Apparently. But that's what I that's what I read. Oh, devious fucker. Yeah. Uh, so he was thinking about that. Uh, the next day, the Guyanese officials arrived. And in total, the number of people that died that day was 909. Jesus, Oh, that's so awful. That's so many people. That's, like, unfathomable. It's two of our high school classes, basically. Wow. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about it like that. That's so many people. And just the way they died and the – yeah. And you'll see, like, even more came out, obviously, after all of this happened. But, like, it just – it's so sickening and – Sick and yeah, twisted. I mean, sick and twisted. Um, only thirty-three people survived, uh, including a few of who escaped into the jungle, um, and actually several of Jones's sons survived. Oh. Uh, Jim Jones himself was found dead from a single bullet wound to the head. So Freaking that was coward. actually self-inflicted. Um, Couldn't even drink his own rather cooling. than the poison. What a dummy. Yeah. Glad yeah. he's dead though, because um, yeah, glad he's Maybe dead. Maybe I'm not glad he's he dead. Sucks. I would have liked him to like go to jail. But true, okay. at I least want Jack justice. Taxpayers didn't have to pay for him. I want justice, but mm. he sucks. So either way, right? Good riddance. How do we know about all the things that happened at Jonestown? Right, because pretty much everyone there died. There was mm. only 33 survivors. Right, so. One of the reasons that people know is because Jones actually had "quote unquote" a death tape, oh, which he filmed. Oh, like I don't know exactly what's on it, but it helped investigators kind of understand what together. exactly happened. Wow! And he said, "This yeah. is how." Which I can't even imagine it like a, a This is how everyone died, or like a this is what life was like in the cult. Again, I don't have details of it, but I just know that that's like kind of what helped investigators determine what exactly went down. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, And then I found an article from Time that was really, really well done. So I wanted to highlight it in um, this podcast, but they actually took about five years to track down a lot of the remaining survivors of Jonestown um, and just kind of talk to them and particularly talk to them about things that maybe in the past have never been talked about Mm -hmm. like as you've seen from up until now it's been a lot about jim it's been a lot about his beliefs how he came to be there everything that happened at jonestown his control but like not a lot about the people from people that survived it so one thing that i had never heard of was that 70 percent of the people who died in jonestown were black oh wow Yeah, so a majority, more than a majority of people were black. Um, And, you know, many of them actually joined the group because they were trying to escape, you know, the realities of life in Jim Crow South in the 1960s and 1970s. um, Social equality, racial justice, racial racial equality. Wow. Um, Yeah. So, you know. They're living in a time in the 1960s and in the 1970s where there was a mm-hmm. lot of prejudice. So they mm-hmm. probably saw this as, you know, an escape, I don't know, a beacon of escape. hope. Um, but there was this one queen by the name of Christine Miller. Right, Christine. She was a longtime Temple member and she actually fought Jim Jones in the moments leading up to their deaths in Jonestown. She stood at the pavilion when everyone was called there and said, Quote, as long as there is life, there's hope. That's my faith. Go off, queen. Queen. Pop off. Snaps for her. But yeah, I had never heard her report or her story ever before. She's a survivor. Mm. Get it, girl. Yep. I don't know exactly how she survived, how she got out, but she was able to survive and tell her story. Um, There was also the story of Odell Rhodes. He was once a homeless Vietnam vet who actually escaped the the tough life in the streets, joined the People's Temple, mm-hmm. you know, to try to find a better life, to find a better community and all of that, um, only to basically have to escape the How? murder suicides by running through the jungle and getting out. Oh, my God. Um, and then there's the story of Hyacinth Thrash and her sister Zippy, uh when the announcement was made for everyone to go to the pavilion to excuse me to uh you know do the mass suicide um for the mass suicide to take place, Zippy went mm-hmm. but Hyacinth actually refused and hid in her cabin. I don't know exactly her reasoning for doing that if she maybe had she knew that this yeah. was really gonna happen or something, yeah um. Or if it was just one of those things where she was like, "Oh yeah, I'm not like going this time. I have no idea." Yeah, she's had a bad feeling. she basically, right. The next morning, though, she woke up and found her sister was one of the 909 people who passed, and that she was one of the only ones that was still alive. Wow! So it's wild that she was able to just stay in her bunk in In a house. house. Hmm. It's. I think a lot of them, like, tried to escape after that. Like, I don't know what happened to the armed guards. I don't know if, like, after everyone was They just assumed everyone dead. went out. They didn't even go hunt for them in the cabins. Yeah. They assumed everyone left. I guess. Wow. So. Um, those are just a few of the stories of, like, you know, these amazing survivors that like up until doing actual research for this i had never heard of their stories and Mm -mm. so i just want to like highlight those Mm -hmm. and um focus on those um to give them a voice and to be heard yeah because we'll shine a little light in the dark amazing exactly um so now you might be thinking what Uh, the fuck is the connection to delaware i am thinking that meg (laughs) well here we go So, after everything happened in Guyana, Mm -hmm. there was obviously a process for the bodies of the people that had passed at Guyana to be taken back to the United States. Mm -hmm. So, Richard Ferris was one of six embalmers who actually took part. In the whole processing of all the people and bringing them back, and basically he helped ship every single body from Guyana to Dover Air Force Base in Delaware Wow he also helped assess their bodies and tried to determine you know what parts could be used for identification purposes mm-hmm. etc mm-hmm. helped identify the bodies um, and what was interesting was that that Dover Air Force Base in Delaware is one of only three in the country that actually have the capability to handle something of that magnitude Wow um so that is the reason that it was mainly uh, decided to do to go there mm-hmm. however the two other places that could handle this were excuse me in California which, is where a lot of the they were followers were. Right. So, I did see some um some information from like survivors or family members of survivors that they believe part of the reason why they decided not to do California was for like safety reasons, security reasons, mm-hmm. they said, in case someone tried to like, bust down the doors. They wanted to like, you know, process all of these people 2,000 miles away and like family members not get into it. Like there's just I don't know exactly why. Mhm. But Yes, Interesting. that is okay. Choose your story. Adventure. Yeah, um, and Delaware funeral homes, um, in that area, multiple ones of them, obviously, because there was so many people who tragically passed. Um, uh, many of these funeral homes in the Delaware area were inundated with, you know, how many families they could help. Um, and the Air Force base actually hired you know a lot of people for clerical duties food service security etc mm-hmm. um on the base as part of this process to identify and connect um uh, families with their loved ones etc so like it was basically somebody said was triple the size of the mortuary was this like oh, wow. area that they created specifically for this mm-hmm. purpose um and bill torbert senior uh, was responsible actually for Jim Jones's ashes after the cremation. Um, the toilet. he was, yeah, well, not really. But <laughs> he was a semi retired funeral director and former Delaware senator, actually. Huh. And he, weirdly, this is very strange to me, kept the remains of Jim on, or as he refers to it, Jimmy. Jimmy. On his kitchen counter. What? For the holidays from 1978 to 1979. Because this happened in November. He said, Merry Christmas, Jimmy. Happy New Year, Jimmy. I'm sorry, but Jimmy don't deserve a spot on the counter. No. That's inhygienic. 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 Inhygienic.
1: Inhygienic. unhygienic. Whatever. I
0: mean, I guess he was like a semi-retired funeral director, but like it's still freaking weird. It is weird. That was his centerpiece. Um, He said it's a conversation starter for sure yeah so i don't know why he was selected as the one to like hang on to this but he was and he basically was just awaiting like the directives from family members to determine like how the ashes should be handled Hmm. um and ultimately the family members uh stated they wanted them to be scattered over the water so he did so about a mile off of bethany beach Oh. um He also scattered the remains of seven others who died in Jonestown. Uh, I think See, the same location. I would be pissed if I yes. were one of those seven same. people and I got yes. scattered into the ocean with Jimmy. Right next to Jim? Absolutely not. Exactly. I thought this thing I was not like, okay. You can go to like another beach. His ashes should have been buried in like an unmarked location. Or just like dumped in the water somewhere. And then like some respect to those seven other people. That I'd be pissed. I know. I was pissed about that too when I read that, but you know. My goodness. I don't know. This was 1978. So I don't, I don't care. know if they were thinking about that. My God. Um then in 2014, Dover's minus funeral home was foreclosed, and this guy, James Schaefer Patton. Was um, an investigator for the Delaware Division of Forensic Sci- Science. And he actually, when he was like, I guess, investigating that foreclosed funeral home, he found the remains of 38 <gasps> unclaimed people. What? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. ashes or bodies? The ashes. Ashes, the ashes. of 38 people. <gasps> yep. That were unclaimed. Oh. Now, my God. nine of those turned <clears throat> out to be Jonestown victims. Yeah. Uh, so he actually, wow. this was in 2014. Wow. So this was like th- almost, what, 30 years? Mm. Um, and he really worked to reunite these people with their families. And one of the really sweet stories that did come out of this, and I just want to like hold on to this, and I thought it was a great way to kind of end my section, mm-hmm. was that um, Maude Esther Perkins um, was her body, her cremains were um reunited with her husband Irvin. And he had said oh. that he spent seven years calling officials several times a week, several times a day. Oh my god. And never got a response about where his what? wife was. Um yeah. What? It took thirty-six years oh, for buddy. someone to reunite him with his wife. And the other thing is is that he also lost his son that day. <gasps> I think he he re- he um had received his son's ashes, but he had never known where his his wife, wife was. Was, and I just oh my god that is honestly so freaking horrible. It's like, so sad that no, no one ever closure. told him where his wife she was. She was just hanging out at this funeral home in Delaware. Yep. Damn.
1: So, well, reunited I mean, at last. But I'm going to take
0: that as – that is sad, but I'm also very happy that he was still alive to, yes. to be able to be reunited. Absolutely. And that that can at least be one good thing mm-hmm. that comes out of the story. I so, agree. Ending on a positive. That is it for me. Yeah. I try. <sighs> wow. What try. a journey. That was a heavy hitter for sure.
1: Um, yeah.
0: I mean, I think when people – See the description for this and start listening. They'll 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 probably know what to prepare themselves for. Yeah, it's a, it's a doozy. People for know sure. Jonestown, but it's an important one to talk about and has a connection to Delaware. Hello. So thank you, Delaware, Delaware. Well, Delaware so. does not have a lot of cryptids. Let me tell you something. The main mm. one that I could Delaware is find... just an enigma. Yeah, the main cryptid that I could find is the selbyville swamp monster but we're not talking about that one today because oh it's they just know that it's an actor in the 60s named fred stevens who dressed up as a hairy monster to frighten passing road users to just provide a juicy story for his newspaper friend so we're not doing that one because that's boring but that boring. was like number one. <laughs> fine it's like Nah. Well, thank you for touching on it, at least, because I feel like some people would be like, no, Delaware, the, the Sully Bill, bill whatever. whatever. Nope. Sorry. So instead, we're doing another one that, like, kind of technically is a Delaware connection. Mm, and okay. we're going to do the Pukwudgie. Puckwudgie. Mm-hmm. How do you spell it? P-U-K-W-U-D-G-I-E. Puck wedgie. I could be on like a spelling bee. Yeah. And you may have heard of this creature. We'll tell you why at the end. Um, oh. Well, you Ooh, may know true. of this creature other than just knowing of it from Delaware. For I'll tell you why. Anyways. Um, okay. I'm excited. So, Do tell. Um, Puckwedgie translates roughly to little man of the woods that vanishes. <laughs> In what language? Um. So I'm not 100% sure, but (laughs) it is from Wampanoag folklore, so the Wampanoag Indigenous Peoples. You know, I'm going to do chat GPT. (laughs) Okay. And ask, what is the origin of Pukwudgie? P-U-K-W-U-D-G-I-E. Wait, P-U-K-W-U-D-G-I-E. wampanoag people hey all North right eastern u.s i was right oh uh is also found in the folklore of other native american tribes in the reason- yes. region, yes regions such as the Algonquin. yes correct there you go thanks for right um, on it. taking my chat gpt my job killing it chat gpt is coming for my podcasting job <laughs> 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 so it's a human-like creature in wampanoag folklore found in delaware Prince Edward Island and parts of Indiana and Massachusetts. Prince Edward Island is in, like, Canada? Yes. Okay. So it's in Delaware. Yeah. It's in lots of different places. But, like, it's this whole group of indigenous peoples. But Delaware is one of the places that you can find it. Um, Okay. Parts of Indiana and Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's said to be between two and three feet tall. And in case you're – British or European. It's 0.61 to 0.91 meters tall, just in case you're wondering. So we're talking like a mazy girl. Like less than a Maze Girl is Megan's cat she in case, case you're wondering. <laughs> She's like a stretched it's like a stretched-out cat. It's like a small gotcha. child. Um
1: yes.
0: Puckwedges resemble humans, but much smaller, duh. They have canine-like noses, large ears. Large lips and large fingers. They've been compared to... Fingers? Yeah. Big old fingies. Opposable thumbs? Yeah, they're humanoid. Yeah, but it doesn't explicitly say opposable thumbs, so... Yeah, they could just have four four fingers. Who knows? They've compa- been compared to trolls and leprechauns and goblins. So Jesus. I'm kind of just picturing Dobby. In my mind with like the large oh. ears, long nose. I don't really know. I'm just picturing them in my head however I want hmm. to. Um, Any hair? You know, I don't know about hair. So Usually we're talking about hairy things. Yeah. So, so I guess because we didn't mention hair, that's why I'm thinking Dobby. I'm thinking hairless. I'm thinking naked mm. rat being. But Meg. Got it. Rufus. So now you have all this information. What do you think they smell like? You always ask me these questions I do. and I try to get creative, but I, I'm like the least creative gonna person throw possible. You. You're going to be surprised. Uh, hmm. Okay, so what's going to surprise me? Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, so I know Delaware is coastal, so I'm going to say like seawater, salty air, and uh, fish, little- dead fish, maybe. Oh, oh. Something like that. Okay, so we're thinking like a golem vibe maybe I'm instead going, of a toffee. going logically. <laughs> okay. Well, you're wrong because they have a sweet floral scent. So even though they're really gross, they smell really nice. I don't know. That's just their natural musk. Damn, what perfume they wear. <laughs> I wish that my natural musk was it. sweet and floral, but it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> so what do the Pukwudgies do? What are they known for? So according to legends, they can appear and disappear at will. So poof, 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 anywhere. The apparate. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They can shape shift. So if you were a mm. puck wedgie, what do you think you would shape shift into most most of the time? Maybe a human, so that I can blend in. Okay. Like a real human. <laughs> I'm a real boy. Full human. No. I'm a real boy. So there was no way you were going to get this because the most co- oh. common form is a creature that looks like a porcupine porcupine, porcupine from the back <laughs> and a Ooh, half troll, half human badonk. from the front and walks upright. So you were oh. half right, human troll on the front, porcupine in the back. <laughs> I don't know which one's the party and which one's the business, huh? but they're the mullet of a shape-shifting animal. Wait, let me wrap my head around yep, this. Yep, yep, yep process it however you need to porcupine quills on their buttocks no like their whole back so they're standing up so from behind they look like it's like a hedgehog no porcupine hedgehog but no it's a porcupine porcupine. (laughs) but you know how like the hedgehogs are like skinny on the front or like they're like no hair yeah So i'm thinking if you stood up okay okay they have the pokies on the back okay and, and then, then the they skinny got on the front, skin, skin skinny on the front, and naked on the front, nakey. <laughs> <you>. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they can operate, evaporate, shapeshift. They also like to lure people to their deaths, use magic, launch poison arrows, and create fire. So they do a lot of stuff. They're like very wow. powerful little dudes in duets. They're uh, multifaceted. Yeah, they can do a lot. This explains a lot. Now, why are they wanting to kill people? Well, okay, so that is an excellent segue, Megan. I'm very impressed. So the indigenous people believed that the Pukwudgies were once friendly to humans, but then turned against Uh them. So there's this whole battle or this whole folklore about – they're these cultural heroes, so the giant Shop and his wife, Granny Squanit, So one... Um, Whoa. Yeah. Um, let's see. So um, one story from the Wampanoag folklore explains that the Pukwudgies began causing mischief and tormenting the Native people out of jealousy of the devotion and affection that they had for Shop, who eventually... Exiled them to different parts of North America, so the puck wedgies have been hostile to humans ever since, and took revenge by killing Malshop's hmm. five sons. Some stories suggest that they also killed Malshop himself. So Moushop, uh done fucked up because <laughs> now he yeah. uh, he's fucked us all. I know the Puckwudgie. I know now the puck wedgies are all over North America because of this. Wow, and hate humans. So Thanks, that's great. Mouth shop. Apparently, Granny survived. So go off Granny. Well, we know. Uh, yeah, Let the women do the work. surprise word. me. Women rock. Mouth mm. um, shop sucks. <laughs> damn. Okay, coming out with he a does. strong opinion. Mouth shop just was I living his know. life. I just get they're a bad vibe. Just, just I get a jealous. bad vibe. Maybe he was like a sugar child. I get a chill bad dude. They said, vibe. no, you, you are, no, you can't like him more than us. We're going to kill everybody. I don't know. I feel like Mal Shop probably fucked up. Damn. All right. Well, maybe maybe I'll do a, another episode on the Patreon. Join us at the $5 level. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll do a whole episode digging into this folklore. You know, I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm, like, a pretty good judge of character. I don't want to, like, suit my own horn or anything. But I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of character. Mm-hmm. Um, And Shop, uh just by him... The Little that you've told me, bad vibes. So, does it mm-hmm. um help you at all to know that he has several companions that include a giant frog? Who does Mouse I think that sounds great. I would love him. Yep. So, his mm-hmm. he, I'm looking him up right now. So, he was so large, he's a giant, that his diet consisted mainly of whales, and to catch them, he threw boulders into the water to make stepping stones. Whoa. Yep. He's from so it's like giant he's from Cape, Cape Cod, so we're not in Delaware anymore, but it's fine. Whatever. Um, eh, they're all close when you're a giant; they're close. Yeah, so he was seen as a provider for the Wampanoag people, and he's he's the one that taught them how to hunt and fish. So he's just like a chill oh. dude. He's just living his life, eating whales, taught them how to hunt and fish, and little did he know that they were going to like worship him and piss off the Pocawagies. Okay, maybe I take back my statement. <laughs> but you're such a great judge He's of character. He's not that bad. He's just living. Well, the Pukwudgies are a little like, gremlins. Excited. Like, and shoot arrows. I don't know. I feel like I could maybe like make them friends with me. Maybe. I have a way with animals. Okay, well, according to lore, so a person, so if you're out in the woods and you somehow annoy a Pukwudgie – What do you think would happen to you? Uh. uh, Any ideas? Get spiked with their spikes that they pop out from their back. Okay, so get quilled by their porcupine quills. Quilled. Yeah. Spiked, quilled, whatever. Well, they might kidnap your children. They might push you off a cliff, attack you with their short knives and spears. So kind of there. Mm, um, They'd be pecking. Use sand to blind you or persuade you to unalive yourself. Oh my god, I thought you said Santa for a second. No. I was like, Santa? Santa's gonna blind what does you. What's you got to do with this? Slash Sand. Sand slash Santa will blind you. <laughs> um but the puckwegies, so different regions have different views on them. So the Great Lakes tribes believe that they're mischievous but harmless. Whereas the Northeast Algonquin tribes believe that they will become violent if they're disrespected, but are fine if they're just kind of like left alone. Oh, that's pretty standard. I mean, that's like a bear. You know, they're like not nice if you like. <laughs> just like leave them alone. Get up in their business. Stay out of but the like bear's leave house. Them alone. Stay out of the puck house. Yeah. Get out of the bro. Woods. Leave so them alone. I have two different stories for you. Very short stories, but sightings. So one woman claims she came across a Pukwudgie while she was walking her dog through the woods. Even though she left alone and went home, the creature would commonly appear at her window and wake her up, which happened until she moved away. So maybe it was a puck wedgie, Maybe it was a goblin. Maybe it was a melon head living in the woods and like coming off. But it was nice. It just woke her up in the windows. Maybe it was an owl. Oh, I would hate it. Could you I imagine? sleep. I know. And also like waking up because there's like a troll looking in your bedroom window Blech. no absolutely not that sounds like a very scary movie right. and I don't want to so watch it so I don't know it. how long it took her before she just I would like be moved away this with like my fingers over my eyes <laughs> and my this like fingers audio in my ears, ears. <laughs> yes the fingers in the thumbs in the ears you know? fingers on the eyes classic move yeah that's my go-to that's me mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Me too. if I can't see you if I can't hear you you are not there you can't touch me bitch no um one man claimed he saw a puck wedgie with fur, glowing red eyes, and a nose <gasps> like a wolf. When it ran away oh. from him, it released a disturbing moan, which I think he just saw like a rabid coyote. Like if it has fur, glowing eyes, or- and a nose like a wolf. Or what if the puck wedgies, like started to breed with the local wolves or coyotes <laughs> no. and created a uh, different creature? Or just shapeshifted. Oh, shapeshift! I forgot about the shapeshifting. Wow, they do have that. a lot of abilities. I know they have a lot of. They can like pretty much. I think wow. that this is just so you can see anything in the woods and be like, oh, "Puckwudgi."
1: <laughs> I mean, it was.
0: fair. <laughs> it's not a. It's not a coyote. It's not a fox. It's not a porcupine. Puck it's Puckwudgi. It's hmm So have I you? Mean, that's what I'm going to be thinking from now on. Yeah, I mean, as you should, but only if you're like in Delaware, Indiana, Massachusetts, or Prince Edward Island. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I love how Prince Edward Island is just thrown in there. Like, I I guess that confuses me because that's like really far north. I I couldn't tell you. It's just very random. They swam, but they got there somehow. They got banished. They like maybe spend summers up there Ooh. and then spend winters in Delaware. Delaware. Maybe. Could be. I don't blame them. Meg, have you figured out how you know the Pukwudgie? How you've heard of it? How it no, why it's familiar? haven't. Why? because they also appear in the Harry Potter series. This creature now aff- acts as a symbol and one um a symbol and a house at Ilvermorny School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, which is the American Hogwarts. So instead oh. of like the Gryffindor lion, it's like whatever house Oh. Puck you know, I never got to that part where it talks about the American school in Harry Potter. There you go. I think that might have just been from, like, the Fantastic huh. Beasts stuff. But... Oh, okay. So, Pukwudgies were famous in the Potter world for having one of the four mm. Elvermorny houses named in honor of them. And that's because of the friendship that had existed between Isolt Sayer. So, I think mm. she was, like, a big um, Harry potter person so she like a character or like a real person so she was one of the founders of the Morning school of witchcraft and wizardry so she was one of the founders so she had a a best friend puck wedgie that she named william so i don't know if this puck wedgie had a name and she just said william she said your name is william or if the puck wedgie's name was william i don't know shout out to my stepbrother william (laughs) maybe he's a puck Wedgie uh, who also creates our theme song hello Now you will be called Puckwudgie. Yes, change his contact in your phone. Um, Puckwudgies are also employed at Ilvermorny, and they provide security and maintenance. So, oh, they got a job. Right, don't try to break into Ilvermorny unless you want to. Face of I mean, wrath honestly, of the puck wedgies. I will not fuck with them. They, they can fuck me up. Oh. They might blind you. They might push you off a cliff. They're gonna shoot you with some poisoned arrows. Absolutely not. You can have your, your. Well, witch you also school. said they can like convince you to like commit suicide, yeah. right? Uh huh. No, thanks. they can get in your freaking head. I will not be messing with you, William. You can have your space. Have your school. <laughs> all, all you, William. All you. Yep. But that's all not I got in the puck wedgies. They're kind of a fun one. Wow. Um, yeah. You know this. You took uh, a hard state <laughs> and made something out of it. Thanks, I'm man. I'm proud of you. I took a lump of coal and I made it into a diamond. Nothing against Delaware, but y'all ain't got a yeah. lot of cryptids here. Yeah, Grace, your state is a <laughs> lump of coal. By the way, coal is a sorry, valuable not resource. Sorry. Sorry not. Sorry for what I said. Okay. Um, but that's it. So like Meg said, we will not be blessing your ears with a new episode next week because it's Thanksgiving. And why are you talking to us? You should be talking to all of your relatives um, and stuffing your face with turkey. But we'll be back But I the mean, week If you after. do want to listen to us on, th- on Thanksgiving, I mean, you do you. Just re-listen. Bump up I our ratings. I also totally understand being um, – out a Thanksgiving with family that you just kind of want to escape from. So maybe you're going to escape into Dames of Doom. And you know what? I get that. Absolutely. And I thank you for that. Right. Yes, I definitely use podcasts as a form of escapism. So here for it. I support you and yes. all of your decisions, friends. As long as you're not going to become a cult leader, um don't do that, but yeah, as always, you can follow us on instagram at dames of doom pod. We will be posting weekly updates with all the pictures from this from the episodes um mm-hmm. fun little collages that um <laughs> are very skilled and beautiful. whoa, Megan's microphone is haunted um. Oh. Follow us on Spotify, follow us on Apple Podcasts, rate, review, give us a five star if you love us because we love you. We love the ratings. I'm a ratings girl. Mm -hmm. So, Um, But with all that said and done, bye. Bye, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving.